Tanya for today, the 21st of Adar, begins in chapter 36, Perik Lamed Vav, on page 90, or in the English page 164. Here the Reb is about to begin to explain something that he mentioned earlier, and that is that the purpose of a Benani, what justifies the existence of a Benani, although he will never make his animal soul's emotions into something godly, but he does make the action of the animal soul, the Kayah of the animal soul, he transforms it into something godly in the performance of a mitzvah, and dafka through the action of a mitzvah, more so than through the learning of Torah, which is in speech and in thought, but in the act of a physical mitzvah, he transforms the kayach ha-maisol, that it becomes something godly. And in that way, he creates a dira for God, a dwelling place for God, in the lowest world. Now the Rebbe is going to explain how crucial, or how central, this is to the whole scheme of creation. It is well known, the statement of the, of the sages in the Medrash, that the ultimate purpose for the creation of this world, it's that God desired to have a dwelling place in the lower world. That that is the whole purpose of creation. But to understand this properly, now concerning God, it's, it's meaningless to talk about higher and lower. Certainly in, in physical, in the physical sense, it would be meaningless to say that God wanted a dwelling place in the lower world, lower meaning in space. For God, space is meaningless. But even in the spiritual sense of higher and lower, for God himself, there is no higher and lower even in spiritual things, because God is everywhere, and he is everywhere equally. So what does it mean, higher and lower? Since God fills all the worlds equally, what then does lower mean? So the idea of it is, the idea that God fills all the worlds equally, is that before the world was created, God was alone, the only and the exclusive, and he filled all this space, into which he created the world. What space is this? The Rebbe is describing here a level or a state of creation that precedes actual creation. And that is, in a manner of speaking, that before God actually created the world, he first pictured the entire world. He planned it out. And in that plan, all things existed, and all things were equal. Because the actual process of creation hadn't yet begun. So that space 
into which God planned to create this world was at that time as holy as any other world because there was no concealment yet. So this space into which the world was created was at that time full of godliness. And now too, as far as God is concerned, the world is filled with godliness exactly the same way that it was filled with godliness before the process of creation. As we spoke earlier, that uh, the, the a teacher who wants to bring a subject down to the level of the student has to use an example, a metaphor, a muscle, story. Now, in the story, uh, much of the concept that the teacher is trying to convey is concealed. And that is the purpose of the muscle, to conceal some of the depth and some of the uh, awesomeness of the concept so that the student can grasp that part of the concept that he is able to grasp. And by grasping the part, he will eventually be able to see through the muscle and come to understand the nimshal completely. But that's to the student, as far as the teacher is concerned. When the teacher looks at the muscle that he himself created, he doesn't see any concealment at all. No part of the seichel is concealed in the muscle from the teacher. So as far as God is concerned, even now that the world was created and there was a whole process of creation and so on, still there is nothing besides God. The difference, the change between before creation and after creation is only in the perception of the created being, of those who receive God's life and light. Because now, as a result of creation, the process of creation, we receive God's life, God's light, through concealments and garments. Which conceal and hide God's light. As it says, That a person cannot see me and live. God says, and as the sages explain, what does it mean, that even those angels that are called Chayis, Chayis Ein also cannot see godliness. So, means that a person can't see me, and even the highest angel called Chayis, Vachai, also can't see me. So that even in the highest worlds, there is a certain amount of concealment. And this is the meaning of the chain of worlds and the descent from level to level. What is this chain and what is the descent? The descent is the increase, the number of, ga- of garments and of concealments that conceal the light and the life that comes from God more and more. So this is the chain of worlds, meaning that with each link there is a greater amount of concealment, and that is also the various levels going down level after level, meaning degree after degree of concealment. 
until the concealment was so great that it actually created this physical world, this mundane world. And this is the lowest level world, because there can't be a world lower than it. In terms of the concealment of God's light, there can't be any greater concealment. There can be no further concealment. And there can't be any greater darkness because this world is already full of klipa and unholiness that go against God literally. Not only are they unaware, but they actually rebel against God. And they say, I am, and there's nothing else. That's how unholy the klipa has become in this world. Therefore, it is the lowest world. Because the only lower condition possible, conceivable, is a condition in which not only is God concealed, not only is God denied, but the next step would be that there should exist a world, a universe, in which God cannot be known. And such a world has no, has no purpose for existence and has no justification for existence. So therefore, this world and the clip and the unholiness of this world is as low as we can go. Now, the purpose of all of this, the purpose of all these worlds that make up this chain of worlds and the various levels of descent from, le- from level to level, all of them, they, they, are, they don't exist for the higher worlds. In other words, the higher worlds are not the purpose in creation. Since they are somewhat lower than God himself, there's been a descent in those worlds, even in the highest world, in that they, even the highest worlds, receive their life from God through some kind of concealment, through some kind of symptom. And therefore, they can't be the purpose for creation because, they, because they're not as godly and as high as can be. They're a step removed from God. <clears throat> How then is our world the purpose of creation? We are certainly removed from God. But in our world, the, the ungodliness, the unholiness, will be transformed into godliness, turning the darkness into light, as I'll soon explain. The purpose is this lower world, because it arose in God's will, that he should have pleasure, an essential internal pleasure, means pnimius, a pnimius, like a pleasure, when the klipa is subdued and the darkness is turned into light. This gives God an essential pleasure, and for this, all the worlds were created. Although we can prove with a very logical, simple argument that it couldn't have been the higher worlds that were the purpose of creation, because if so, then why would God have bothered to continue to create lower worlds? If the lower world is the purpose of creation, 
we understand why the higher worlds were created, in order to gradually come to the lower world. So the higher worlds had to exist in order for the lower world to exist. But we certainly can't justify creating lower worlds if the whole purpose was the higher world. So that itself seems to be a logical proof that the purpose must be in the lower world. But by using that kind of an argument, we would prove only that there is also a purpose for the lower worlds. That the ultimate purpose is the higher world, but the lower worlds must also serve some purpose, and that's why God created them too. What the Debra wants to say here is that the higher worlds have no purpose at all for themselves. Their only justification, the only reason they exist, is for the lower world. Because it arose in God's will that he should have pleasure from the darkness being transformed into light. He has pleasure by will, not like a human being. A human being, when his needs are fulfilled, that gives him pleasure. So that pleasure is actually a need for a human being. But by God, nothing is a need. God does it all by freedom of choice. He chose, it arose in his will, that he should have pleasure from the, from the darkness being transformed into light. And what does it mean practically? That God has pleasure. It means that God responds. And that is that he reveals himself more as a result of this transforming of darkness into light, as will happen after Mashiach comes, after Tchies HaMesim. That God's light should, should, should illuminate. Even in the place of darkness and klipa, meaning to say that in this state of unholiness, where the, where the created being thinks that he is an independent being, and the darkness is so great that he doesn't recognize that he is created by God, in that condition God wants to be known and to be revealed. To be revealed in the place of darkness and of klipa in this world in Elam Hazer, and that is Biyesis Ace, it is with a greater intensity and it is with Biyesis Ace and a greater strength than, than can be possible in the higher worlds, the Yisrin and the advantage that this light has is that it comes from the darkness, or in the place of darkness, this is much greater, of the light and the revelation of godliness in the higher worlds, where there is certainly a bigger amount of light, because even there, the light comes through a garment and through a concealment that conceal God's essence, and this is necessary because even the higher worlds would cease to exist if God was completely revealed there. So although there's a lot of light there, in terms of quantity, but even that great amount of light has to come through some concealment. The advantage of 
the revelation of godliness in this world is that when God is finally revealed in the lower world, in the place of darkness, and as a result of the darkness, then that light will be not only abundant in terms of quantity, but it will be a much deeper revelation, a much more essential revelation, that God himself is revealed without any concealment at all. And for this purpose, God gives us, the Jews, the Torah that is called might and strength. The Torah is our might and our strength. As the sages said, that God gives the tzaddikim strength. And here tzaddikim is a reference to all Jews, because all Jews are essentially tzaddikim, that they should be able to receive and tolerate the reward that they will receive in the end, that they should not stop existing and become absorbed. In the light of God that will be revealed in the future, that we should not be completely overwhelmed by it. When it will be revealed, without any concealment at all, as it says in describing that time of the future, that your teacher will no longer be wrapped or hidden, which means that God will not hide himself from you with a garment or with a robe, and you will be able to see your teacher. Here a reference to God. You'll be able to see him with your eyes. And it also says, that we will see eye to eye the godliness that will be revealed. So we see from all of these verses that when godliness will be revealed in this world, it will be a total revelation without any garment, without any concealment at all. And we know that the days of Mashiach, and especially the era, the period of the Tchiyas HaMesim, Eilam HaTchiyah, they are they are the, the ultimate perfection and the fulfillment of the purpose for which this world was created. In other words, when Mashiach comes and there will be Trias HaMesim, then the world will be as it was meant to be, as it was intended to be right from the start. And it is for that time and the condition that will exist at that time, it is for that that the world was created in the first place. Now, although we usually think of that time as a time of reward for what we, for what we do and how we serve God before the coming of Mashiach, here the Rebbe seems to be saying that that's not a reward. That's the completion of the job. That will be the world as it was meant to be, so that we will have finished the job at that point. So what about the reward for the job? So he says in the Haggah, in the note, the Kabbalah and the reward for our, for our service, it is primarily in the seventh millennium. 
Камашикоса был кутетелем Адизом. So what we have so far in this portion of, of Pedek Lamed Vov is that this creating a dwelling place in the lower world is not merely a virtue among many virtues. It's not merely a high madrega among various madregas. It is ultimately the only purpose for which all the worlds exist. Even the higher worlds, the higher levels of existence, even they exist only for the purpose of bringing this world into existence so that in this world there can be a dwelling place for God. Because it's only in the Tachtenim, where there is darkness, and where the darkness is an intense darkness, only here can this darkness be turned into light, and when it is, it will become the, the dwelling place for God more than any of the higher worlds. And on this, the Ebeshwita says, adds a very important insight. When we say that in this lower world, there, there can be a dwelling place for God, and it's dafke in this lower world, we could think that that's because of a negative reason, a process of elimination. Since in the higher worlds, there is a certain amount of godliness, which means that the godliness has a certain character or a certain property which gives it definition and gives it existence and that very definition is what prevents God from being completely and totally revealed so that for example a person who serves God on the level of a higher world so to speak he serves God with incredible intense brilliance and and seichel where he understands godliness now that is certainly a high revelation where God is revealed to this person in his intelligence. But that's only the seichel of God, the logic of God, not God himself. It's what this person can, can comprehend and can perceive of God. Should God himself be revealed to this person? It would destroy the godliness that he has. <clears throat> if he is to maintain his godliness, if he is to maintain his identity, he has to have some amount of concealment where God has to be hidden to some degree that would permit him to understand God. And that's one of the reasons that the higher worlds can't be a dwelling place for God because in the higher world the, there's a definition, there's a godly definition that gives it its existence. And should God be revealed there, it would stop existing. And so you wouldn't have a dwelling place in a world. The world would no longer be. But, Elam Hazer, this lowest of all worlds, has no spiritual quality at all. And therefore, there is no property, there's no characteristic that this world has to lose. And therefore, if God should be completely and totally revealed in it, the only thing that would disappear is the unholiness. But the world itself would continue to exist. So there can be a revelation of godliness in this world precisely because we have nothing to resist God with. It's like the simple person. The simple person can hear the whole truth the first time around because he's not cluttered and he's not burdened by other concepts and other, and other sciences and other interests so that when the king speaks to him, he hears exactly what the king has to say, and he has no distractions from it. 
So that could be one explanation as to why the lower world is necessarily going to be the dwelling place for God. But the Rebbe says that that's only a negative reason, a process of elimination. There's also a positive reason, and that is that the very fact that this world is so low that the klippa in this world actually thinks that it is God, that that he made himself, which is a characteristic that is true only of God, that misconception, that experience, when a thing feels that it is of its own, of itself, that it has no creator, that is a keli. That prepares it to be able to receive that aspect of God, the truth about God, which is that God has no creator and God is the absolute existence. Whereas in the higher worlds, the higher worlds are keenly aware of their dependency on God and therefore cannot comprehend the notion of being without a creator. And so they can't comprehend God who is without a creator, who is an absolute existence and not a secondary existence brought into being by a creator. In the Hayyim Yayim, for the 21st of Adar, Adar Shaini, the Rebbe continues the story that we read yesterday in the Hayyim Yayim. And that is the, the taich that the al Rebbe gave on the verse and this he heard from the Magid and that is that although the fire comes from above yet there's a mitzvah to bring a fire to the Mizbeach uh, a human fire and the Mizbeach is the person himself and he has to light within himself this fire and this fire consumes and extinguishes the loy, the negativity the Tzemach said when he concluded the story, mentioned before on the 20th of Adosheni, that my grandfather, the Alter Rebbe, is the Moshe Rabbeinu of Teiras Hasidus Chabad. What Moshe was for Teira in general, the Alter Rebbe was for the Teira of Hasidus. And concerning Moshe, the sages say, that Teira was really given to him. But he was generous with it, and he, and he transmitted it and, and shared it with all Jews. This Eish Tomit, this permanent godly flame that is Hasidus Chabad, this the Magid gave to my grandfather. But my grandfather was generous with it, and he gave it to anyone who studies Hasidus. And I am confident that anyone who learns Hasidus with his Chavar and arouses in him the, this constant godly flame, his reward is guaranteed. And and that is that the schus that he has from this will last him forever.